You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hey, Matt Kleinschmidt, what's going on, man? How you doing, buddy? It's always good to see you. Good to see you, too. And I I've, feel like it's been hours it, since it has, I've last seen you. It's been uh, minutes, technically. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to throw like some magic of podcasting or something like that. Yeah. It no, it's been minutes. But, it's been uh, forever, dude, even though we sit next to each other. Here's, here's my favorite thing. What's I that? like tracking you without you knowing it. And how I do that is on social media. Um, okay. I feel like I know... Each and everything that's happening at your house. Okay. Um, you know, last night I'm sitting down. I'm like, son of a bitch installed a chandelier. I did. And I. it was like, I got home about 8.30, 9 o'clock. Right. By like 10.30, I had a chandelier hanging. And I was like, oh, I have a chandelier. See, here's the thing. And this will probably be something that's exciting to maybe like 10 people. Sure. And listen to this Well, let's, let's crush it for said okay, 10 people. Okay, let's crush it for said those 10 people for the next 30 seconds I own a home yes and I'm currently in the battle in my house between 1990s brass hardware okay and I wanted to get it out of my house okay for some reason in the 90s pastel and brass were awesome things and like I just every time I see something brass I'm like get rid of that doorknob get rid of that chandelier get rid of this and and just so everyone knows this is taking place in New Jersey because as we all know <laughs> pastels and brass were a thing in the 80s if you lived in Miami oh okay. so so the trends I don't know about that the trends come like maybe interiors for Miami but ex- okay. I'm sorry maybe exteriors for Miami but interiors it's pastel colors it's mm-hmm. brass doorknobs it's brass hinges sure I got I got a bunch this of brass this became a doorknobs. home improvement podcast yes well here's the thing <laughs> uh, I, I bring that up because like anything and this is the the, the direction I would take with it uh, everything goes around, comes around, right? Like yeah. specific music is popular again. That was yeah, like the cool 90s in the eighties, nineties. If you look like you're on Saved by the Bell right now, you're killing it. You're killing it out there <laughs> in the world with the kids. And I'm thinking to myself, just leave those brass sandals on the doors. Come back in the style. And in twenty years, you're gonna be like. Dude, I got OG brass handle uh, yeah, that people are going to be buying off Etsy for a thousand dollars. I guess I'm, I'm just a fan of classic looks, and brass isn't a classic look to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm a big fan of wooden. I I'm like a fan everything of something that's wooden. That, like in 20 years, would be like, yeah, that that makes sense. That that still stands the test of time. It's a classic look. Yeah, like like cement. Classic sure. look. Cement it's been around cement for centuries. Has, cement has been around. So is rocks. Bricks. I'm a fan of bricks and rocks and Earth. cement and wood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, uh, it's always fun to track you um, because <laughs> I didn't realize I was being tracked. So. If if I want to find out what kind of day I'm having or okay. what kind of mood I'm in, I will look at your social media feeds. Uh, okay. And again, everyone follow Matt at at I, I am Klein Schmidt, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'll say, you know what. I didn't have to hang a chandelier today. I'm feeling pretty good. I will watch another episode of Ink Master. <laughs> now, uh, Ink Master last night was on in the background while I was hanging the chandelier. Better. Oh, that's great. Yeah, there good. You go. You're halfway home. Now, the, the other way I could look at it is if I go and I say, oh, this dude just mowed his huge lawn, and I can say, <laughs> we got it. For those just tuning in, I'm not this an is, adult. I don't have a lawn. This for is those awful. just tuning in, this is. I live in a tree. Matt and Mark on the house. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's going to be an offshoot of the Laugh Button podcast. <laughs> it, it's, it solidifies my, my uh, what kind of day I had. Okay. I check your feed and I go, I can now decide if I had a good day or all a bad right, day. Does right. that make sense? Sure. I don't follow your feed as closely. I feel bad about it 
because you clearly know everything that's going on in my life. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck Mark does. I know Mark's commute and I know Mark goes and does band things or goes and hangs out with his wife or goes and uh, watches a, 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 a movie. A movie, right. Yeah. I'm in my apartment just to sleep. Okay, yeah. Well, that's you live it. in New York and I've been in your apartment. It's about the size of this room we're taping this podcast yes. in right now. And this room fits two dudes, two microphones, and a computer. So, and, there's a, and there's a flat screen yeah, on the wall. Yeah, so if somebody wanted a chandelier, if I, if I were to put a chandelier in my place, uh, it would the wife would have to go. And that's not going to happen. You so, know what's yeah. funny? If it makes you feel any better, and it probably won't, is the room, I, my <laughs> dining room, is where I hung the chandelier. It's as big as my apartment? It is as big as your apartment. I hate yes. your face right now. <laughs> All right, That's this why is the I live in Central Jersey, baby. Look, let's get to some comedy yes. action. Uh, Labor Day weekend. I'm not going to ask you how it went uh, because I know how it went on social media. <laughs> if you care to ask about mine, I can tell you all about because you don't follow how, me on how social was your media. Labor Day, Mark? It was great. What'd you I, do? I went to the U.S. Open. Okay. My friends over at ESPN took very nice care of me. That's cool. I sat next to uh, Dick Vitale, and yes, it was awesome, baby. <laughs> I was going to say, can you give us a Dick Vitale impersonation right now? I, I'm not going to give you the impersonation, but I, I, I can tell you that he, uh, not only Dick, but his wife, they, they couldn't have been any nicer. They were great. Fun to watch tennis next to. And then the very next day, I went and caught a Mets game because people decided to sell tickets for $3 on the internet. And I said, I'll tell you what. Sports. I will take you up on that. I will go sports. Yeah. Another uh, day. I'd, I will second day of sports it. I double dipped for, you know, for sports uh, two days in a row. And then, uh, and then I walked around the city a bunch because that's free. And, it is uh, free. So that's what I did, basically. But it was a great Labor Day weekend. We had great weather. Everything was awesome. Man. Was yeah, because the there was like, you know, that tropical storm threatening uh, the coast. Hermione, right? They, uh, her, not Hermione. Hermine. There's no, it's not Hermione like the Harry Potter oh, character. Hermione. Her, it, it's like, Hermine, or I think it was, was how you pronounce it. But yeah, it, it turned out to be not nearly as... Uh, Problematic for, right. for the coast. I mean, they definitely closed beaches. There definitely were swells, but they were talking like rain. They were talking about like you know, the worst coastal coastal problems since Hurricane Sandy and all that kind of crazy stuff. And it didn't seem like it happened nearly as bad as it was supposed to. Well, the bottom line is, why are we naming these things? Why is this Storms? happening? Yeah, why are we doing? Well, we've that? always named hurricanes. Yeah, but why? Why are we doing this? Well, because you could say back when Hurricane Blank happened. How about back when my house wasn't there anymore? Well, isn't that what? Because if if you're not affected by it, and I'm not trying to be funny, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. If, I mean, if you're I, not affected by it, you don't care. Well, you don't I, care. Well, my big concern is when when they name like you know Winter Storm. It's like it's like yeah, it's a blizzard. Just you know? uh, what if if you're gonna keep naming these things, we should just have comedians name these things. Okay, you know, and then, then we name them after comedians like Hurricane Kalkanine. It's a little hurricane. Hur- I think uh, I think you walked right into that, yeah, Matt. It's better. Hurricane. Definitely better. Hurricane. Okay, I'm with you on that. All right. Well, we, we can't get any better well, with that topic. Well, something else big so. happened on Labor Day weekend. Yes, too. which is where we're getting I, to. That, we're circling the drain. Yeah, you were circling. And uh, six minutes later, we are at the roast of Rob Lowe. Of Robert Lowe. <laughs> Do you know his full name? Robert. You think it's Robert? Let's look it up. I, well, you think that's his real name? Let's start there. Uh, Rob is a pretty standard name. Like, why would he change it from something weird to Rob? I mean, I know that people, a lot of people change their name in Hollywood because, like, people can't pronounce it. But it's usually, like, the last name, not the first name. All right, so it is Robert. There you go. So, anyway, he was Hepler. Robert Hepler? Robert Hepler Lowe. Oh, so Hepler is his middle name. Yeah, it's a crazy middle okay, name. Okay, well, middle names are, are weird. So, okay, so Hepler. Robert Lowe. I've never heard of that name. I haven't either. I have no idea what that is. Well, he got roasted. Uh, no, you know what? He got baked because <laughs> there was somebody else who got roasted. Yes. And it wasn't Rob Lowe. No, it wasn't. It was Ann Coulter. 
She became the front. Speaking of storms. Yeah, she became a, she was a lightning rod for all of, you know, I mean, well, first of all, you're dealing with a very liberal crowd. You right. Know, when you have comedians and you have, you know, that. And then Ann Coulter kind of came in and uh, she got her ass handed to her. She we, did. You and I ha- caught the Nikki, uh, Nikki Glazer run some of her material for that roast a day or two before she actually taped it. She was running around New York City uh, running some of those jokes. And, um, yeah, she had some burns, man. Mm-hmm. She had some serious, serious burns on uh, Ann Coulter, as did everyone else. I actually think that Ann Coulter kind of caught it more than anything else and more than anyone else. I mean, like, Rob, his jokes were, you know, you're good-looking, your, Holly, your Hollywood career's ending, and the sex tape. That was right. pretty much the three main things that they made fun of Rob about. But Ann Coulter was just like... You're the devil. You're the c-word. You're this. You're that. You're yeah, the just other thing. die. Right? I mean, like, oh, yeah, pretty much. There was a couple die. Like Nikki Glaser had a c- tremendous burn where she said, "The only person you will ever make happy is the Mexican digging your grave." It was like, whoa. Like, listen, I don't agree with things Ann Coulter says, but at the same time, it's like, whoa, that was like a fantastic burn. So. Do, do you think the these roasts are serving the purpose? that they were intended to or have we jumped the shark with them and gotten to the point where we're literally just what's the meanest we can possibly be <coughs> hide behind the facade that it's a roast and and make a name for yourself because you said the most outlandish I mean we're I have we're, an answer for that we're I, at death right now we're, have, we're literally going on sta- stage but, and saying die but I have a great answer but I have an answer for that these roasts work best the, the best archetype for these roasts are the Dean Martin roasts mm-hmm. and the reason those wor- roasts worked and they were so good in Friars Club roasts as well because they're all friends right they're all friends they're all friends and they know everyone each other. is friendly with each other so they know what the, the dig is they know what this says mm-hmm. and then you always are like these guys are going to go drinking after this so like the James Franco roast was probably the last great example of that where it was like he was all his buddies. It was Seth Rogen. It was Jonah Hill. It was all those dudes where some of these other roasts where they don't really have these close personal friends there. It's like comedian trying to make their bones getting up there and just saying some of the, the craziest thing they can do. Right. Now, I don't blame a Nikki Glaser type or a Natasha Leggero or Pete Davison for participating in these roasts at all because it does help with them. But at the same time, the the camaraderie and the friendship of the roast is is a very big part of it. Like I think the the infamous Friars Club saying is we only roast the ones we love. Um, and so so we've gotten away away. From I don't know that, if we've gotten think? away from it. I feel like every once in a while it kind of circles back around. Like Rob, does Nikki Glazer love Ann Coulter? No, I don't think anyone. Are in they Dayus ever going to hang? I don't out. think anyone in Dais really loved Ann Coulter. Are they ever going to hang out? But what, they ever going to be friends? Ann Coulter's problem wasn't that she was Ann Coulter. Her problem was, I think the biggest, the, the bigger problem that Ann Coulter has had on the roast was she showed up and wasn't playing ball. And what I mean by that is, like, she wasn't laughing at jokes that were made at her expense. Everyone right. else, like, Ralph Macchio got beat up, too. Rob Lowe got beat up, too. But they're hanging out. But they're, they're like, hanging hey. out. They're laughing at the jokes. They, yeah. Oh, this is funny. This is a roast. The other thing Ann Coulter didn't do is she didn't actually take any of the writer's advice or the jokes that the writers write. There was a great writing staff this year. Absolutely. Jesse Joyce does it every year. Frank mm-hmm. Sebastiano is a head writer. He's written for everything from the Academy Awards to mm-hmm. the Tony. Yeah, uh, head whatever. writer, yeah. Head writer. He's written for a bajillion things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesse Joyce has written for the last seven or eight roasts. Mm-hmm. Mike Lawrence, who won Roast Battle. Sarah Tiana, who was in Roast Battle. Tony Hinchcliffe. Mm-hmm. Dan St. Germain. These are great comedians that write great jokes. Ann Coulter apparently didn't want anything to do with these jokes. She wanted to basically tell her own thing. And when she got up there, she basically was plugging her book. She made no bones about it. So like, so then she I, didn't 
participate in it and I think because of that it kind of made her more of a lightning rod and more of a oh geez she's literally just here to plug so, so here's who I have to blame for that yeah I, I have Comedy Central to blame for that and okay. I love Comedy Central you think yes okay because you just don't book Ann Coulter no you book you Ann don't Coulter do but here's yeah, what it's get, hold on yeah it's getting you a lot of heat yeah. yeah it's everyone's talking about yeah I get that I get that okay but in the spirit of the roast and what it's supposed to be you're doing it wrong by bringing her into the fold, even if she played ball. Because if we think, go all the way back to the original statement you made that yeah. the, you roast the ones you love. Of course. You're telling me, look, not everyone can be a comedian either. Of course. Because back then, those roasts were comedians roasting comedians. We're, we're now roasting Rob Dean Lowe. Dean Martin was a comedian? Yes, he was a comedic so, yeah. personality, or he, but he, he was hung out. All his like, friends are comedians. Yeah, but I mean, going back to the Franco roast, like it was Seth Rogen, it was Jonah Hill. Like these are comedic actors; they're not really stand-ups, though. I think it's just funny people. But right, but they can be funny. But here, great counterpoint though, Peyton Manning. He but was the, great. But that dude can be funny. He, he already be, does funny but, but commercials. That's, that's, that's he does, point, but he's not known for being a comedian. He's known for being. Uh, a, he's I, known for being a Super Bowl legendary Hall of Fame quarterback. Absolutely. But so, people but also know him like, for hosting but, SNL and, and yes, his and commercials his, his on commercials. TV. But Peyton yeah. also is like, I understand what this is. I'm going to take the advice and let the funny people actually write. I want to tell their jokes, and he, he did. He did great. He was great. But like. Ann Coulter didn't do anything. Ann Coulter's bomb is like we're talking like situation Trump roast level bomb. Like he like the situation bomb at the at the ro- at the Trump roast was like legendary. It's of legend. Like Jeff Ross got up and actually said to the crowd like, "Hey guys, calm the f down. Like let him to get through this." Like, and I feel like Ann Coulter's was just as bad. Yeah. And, but I think. If Ann Coulter kind of acted like she was in on the joke and smiled and said, just looking there like, oh, my God, what, what's going on here? I think it wouldn't have been as bad as a, a thing or she wouldn't have looked as bad once it all came to do. Like, there was a point where she went to go plug her book a second time and you hear audible, like, they Pete just Davidson. hear booze. Yeah. Pete Davidson, not only was her booze, but, like, from the dais, like, it was just, like, going bad. And instead of the comedians, like, you can do it, Ann, you can do it. It was just, like, you heard audible groans of Pete Davidson, like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, you heard that. So... Um, I think the comedians were ripping in from a place of uh, of hatred. Yeah, right? that's true. They're- because because you know what, you you can if it was Pete Davidson's friend or somebody he knew or liked. Yeah, he's not going to do the second book audible but, whatever sigh. Yeah, he's he's going to be supportive. He might not even have to make the second plug because Pete's going to do it for him. That's true. It's it totally. You're right. Cha- you're right now because because like because like when Peyton Manning made digs at Pete Davidson, Pete was like, "That's a Super Bowl MVP. That was kind of cool." Right. You know, even though the even though the jokes about Pete, like you know, Pete, it's no it's no uh, public uh, private thing that Pete lost his dad during 9/11. There was no, there's been 9/11 jokes made at Pete, and Pete's made 9/11 sure. jokes. So like, and if Ann Coulter made a 9/11 joke at Pete Davidson. Shitstorm! I if think, Pete yeah, Davidson's friend Pete, makes a 9-11 joke true. at him. You're, you're and and this, right. this is what I'm talking about with the roast. But We've got to get time, back. But here's the other thing, though, too, is if Comedy Central Network is trying to get people talking about in this roast, we're now a week removed. Actually, we're a week, two weeks from when they taped it. Right. So when it first happened, the, the, these rumblings started to happen. Then when it aired, they really came. So we're now two weeks Around this roast, and everyone's still talking about what happened at this roast. Well, things can have a longer shelf life now because I didn't watch it live. Yeah. I can go on Hulu and watch it. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to watch it tonight. Another person's going to watch it tomorrow. Another person could watch it the next day. And they're, they're going to discover the Ann Coulter debacle. Yeah. 
and it's just going to drag it out and keep the conversation going. And that's good. And, yeah. and Comedy Central wins, and I get it. And your mm-hmm. ratings, and you got to make money. I get all that. But maybe take a step back and say, hey, maybe that's run its course, and we need to either just do something else, take a long break, or <laughs> I don't know, figure out well, a way. You, you can have the same thing happen without the Ann Coulter thing. Well, I will I say really this, though. That. I will say this to Comedy Central's credit. They don't do the roast every year. They do the roast when it makes sense. They do it, and if they do it, they do it max once a year. Like, I want to say there's been, there's been like, the Franco roast, there was Franco, Bieber, and, and Lowe and roasts. There's been at least four or five years that have passed in, during this time frame if I'm not mistaken. They didn't do, I don't think they did a roast either last year or the year before that, or the time between Franco and Bieber. There was an entire year in between that they didn't They've do They've all it. bled into each other I now. know, I but like, the point like, so let's say if Bieber was 2015, Franco was probably 2013. They didn't have anyone in 2014. And also, I got to give them a lot of credits. When you get James Franco on, on board and he brings in all his A-list Hollywood friends, that levels up the roast. That no longer you're roasting Flavor Flav. You're no longer roasting um, you know, just like kind of like some secondary people. You're roasting. The last three roasts have been. I think you're going to be surprised, your man. Okay, what do we got? Rob Lowe, 2016. Justin yeah. Bieber, 2015. One year break between yeah. James Franco. Because they probably couldn't get anyone. 2012. So now we're back on the one year again. 2012. Do you remember who that was? 2012 was before that. It wasn't Trump. Trump was 2011. Roseanne Barr. 2011. 2011. Charlie Sheen. Okay. Also 2011. Did two that year. They did. Donald Trump. Really? One year before that, David Hasselhoff. One year before that, Joan Rivers. Also that same year as Joan Rivers, Larry the Cable Guy. Wow, Larry the Cable Guy, was that recently? Yep. I feel like Larry was like That's what I'm saying. All this bleeds together. Uh, again, no no break. Bob Saget, 2008. No break. Flavor Flav, 2007. No break. William Shatner, six. These are year, 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 okay, year. But all the way to... But ever since Franco, I feel like they leveled up. Who All the way to roasting. 1998, Drew Carey. Rob Lowe is an A-list celebrity. Mm-hmm. James Franco is an A-list Hollywood celebrity. Justin Bieber is the biggest pop star in the world. They've gotten big names. Beyonce fans have a problem with that statement. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is like, I love Bob Saget. Yeah. Bob Saget isn't nowhere near on the same level as. I think you'd be as surprised a, as a Rob Lowe or Justin Bieber. One or of James the most Franco. One of the most famous TV shows of all time. You don't want to see your dad. Twenty years later. But but it's back. David Fuller Hasselhoff House gets made. I don't know, dude. I think David Hasselhoff got roasted because he had a bad alcohol. Experience, but that's what I was trying to sandwiches. make is like flavor, flav. Okay, like Larry the Cable Guy makes a lot of sense because flavor, flav's a Viacom move because he had a reality show on television. I don't know. I just feel like since since Franco, here it is. The motivations to do these roasts are coming from the wrong place. I I really believe that. So you think so, it's okay. coming from a business only standpoint. We're doing Justin Bieber because he's the biggest pop star. We're not doing Justin Bieber because now's the right time to do. Well, Justin I also think Bieber. yeah, the do well that Bieber was like when it was peaking, like he was doing like he was being drunk and peeing in like you know uh, in, in like clubs. But celebrities and shit like are that. doing that all the time. I know, man. but like I feel like I, I feel like since Franco, they've kind of tried to really kind of level it up. I really do. Well, look, I don't like, want him. Do they, do I don't want him now? to stop because I just want to keep reading Jesse Joyce jokes. So keep doing the roast. Speaking of Jesse Joyce jokes, yeah, as is tradition. Yeah, every year we we try to we comb the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever 
the big uh, social media is and find the comedians and a lot of them do it now actually and I gotta give credit to James uh, to Jesse Joyce about it is he's just like okay I'm gonna tweet all the jokes that weren't talked about during the roast or I'm gonna do the ones that were edited for time and he put out what's the number 50 something yeah, tweets probably more than that. Of, of jokes that didn't make the cut and then he did it and then uh, Mike Lawrence did it because he hosted the after show Earl Skakel did it because he hosted the, co-hosted the after show with Mike Lawrence I don't think Earl Skakel was a proper writer on it but he, he co-hosted the, the wrap up show he's a writer in my heart no, no, I don't think he was an actual writer on the show. But, like, it's fun to see. And, and a lot more of the writing staff has started to do this. Like, Sarah Tiana did it this year. Last year when he wrote on it, Kurt Metzger did it. Um, but it's, it's fun to see that these writers kind of put up the jokes that weren't heard. It's a fun, it's a fun thing. All right. Uh, before we get to our interview, who we failed to mention at the top of the podcast, uh, Caleb Sinan, stand-up comedian, great dude. I love this interview. This actually is one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Really? I just uh, love Look this dude. Look at you. That's a bold um, statement. I'm saying that because... And you've interviewed Mel Brooks. Remember that. Well, that is the greatest interview I've ever done. I mean, okay. Now, now well, you we're just talking said Caleb the was. Yeah, he's one of them. Here's why. It just felt good. Dude's cool. Had a great conversation. He's got an interesting story. And from an interviewer's perspective, I felt like mission complete. If you don't know who Caleb Sinan is, you're definitely going to know who he is okay. now. If, uh, if you knew who Caleb Sinan is from his comedy, maybe you know, being on Conan or you know, whatever, uh, now you're going to know about Caleb Sinan, the person, like where he's coming from, where his comedy is coming from, stuff like that. And, and if you just like good, fun, goofy conversations, you're going to love this goofy, fun conversation. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like we were able to it touch. checks all the boxes. checks all the boxes. Okay. That's why I feel good about this interview. All right. Because look, yeah, talking to your heroes is awesome on paper, but that doesn't necessarily mean you check all the boxes. Plus, chances are the more famous somebody is, the more they've already been asked all these questions, and you're just you're doing it instead of somebody else, that kind of thing. If you want to get to know somebody you didn't know before, this interview is going to kick some serious okay. ass for you. Caleb Sinan, uh, love this dude. Spent some time with him up at Laugh Fest. Uh, but before we get to that interview, Matt, I'm going to blow through some headlines real quick. What do we got? Because uh, this is stuff you can find on the laughbutton.com. I implore you to go there, check it out, learn about things, learn about stuff you didn't know existed before. And, Keep the uh, lights on, help Mark and I continue to, <laughs> do, to, to do world dominance. Absolutely. Uh, our latest post is a nice feature on Drew Michael <laughs> and his brand new album, Funny to Death, one of our free Freelance writers uh, spent some time with him. Didn't like a like a hybrid. We haven't really done this in a while. It's like a <laughs> an album review slash interview uh, with Drew Michael, comedian Drew Michael, yeah, who just, just had got, a half hour on Comedy Central. Yeah, just had a half hour and uh, and crushes it. And so check out our interview and hang with him. And then obviously mm. pick up the album. Uh, we do a nice. Uh, we have a nice feature piece on Red Fox. He's one of the game changers of comedy. Nope. Never Red heard of that guy. Fox. Never heard of that guy. <laughs> well, uh, you did now, and you're going to learn more about him. Uh, I did a. I put together. You know me. I'm a huge fan of TV, so I yeah. put together a, a, a big piece of 15 brand new comedies that are heading to network television this fall, fall and beyond. TV God. Yeah, dude. We do this totally, every year, yep. so it's awesome. Totally broke it down. Got trailers to all the shows. Got breakdowns to all the shows, and uh, there's amazing shows. I'm super stoked for Powerless. Yeah, uh, it could be interesting. It could be really, really interesting. Uh, if you if you don't know what Powerless is, go to the website. Mm-hmm. Of course, we got the aforementioned uh, jokes you didn't hear from the Rob Low Roast. If you don't know about Mike Tyson Mysteries, you're going to know about it if you go to the site. Nick Thune just announced a brand new tour. Check out his tour dates. We got some awesome news on Mitch Hedberg, the complete vinyl collection. It's coming November 4th. This thing is awesome. It's 
all of his albums, plus a new book from his wife, Lynn Shawcroft, plus unheard recordings that uh, probably I haven't even heard of. And I've gone through a lot of his unheard yeah, uh, sure. recordings all personally. So It's going to be a me- mega ultra box set just in time for Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's Chris- funny how the timing of that works out. I I mean November fourth. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, Christmas. That's, that's whatever. Black, that's 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 the heart of the holiday shopping season. Yeah, yeah. That's well. That's the business thing. Doing what the they do to the roasts. Do, the business of doing the business. And uh, Chris Gethard's got an off Broadway show uh, that's going to be presented by Judd Apatel called Career Suicide. It's something he's been touring for a while, but this is going to be an official off Broadway show, which is pretty rad. And Judd Apatel has backed it personally, and so many other. Headlines on the laughbutton.com. Check them out. We are currently in the celebration of 10 years of the laugh button. We got some big things going on this fall. 2006 to 2016. We got, we're going yeah. to have presence at Comic Con this yes, year. Yes, we are. New York Comic Con. We're going to have yeah. presence at, we're going to be taping a live podcast at the Sonos building. In yeah, New we York can City. officially announce that, we can right? Totally officially announce And one of the biggest things we're most excited about is our buddy Bobby Kelly. We're yes. going to be present, presenting Robert Kelly's entire fall tour. So, like, those are three awesome things. Actually, and presenting Chris D'Elia at the Starland Ballroom during uh, the uh, the New York Comedy Festival. So Pat on our own back. We're crushing it. Well, We're killing the, it. The point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of opportunities to get involved in what's going on. And uh, obviously, if you read the website, it'll have all the the, uh, the latest updates on what's going on. But like, pretty excited about everything that's happening. And if you're too lazy to go to a website, we'll make it easy for you. All you have to do is sign up for the Laugh Button newsletter, and we'll feed you the information into your electronic mailing box and then you're going to be like, oh my God, I got to go to laughbutton.com and you'll click on it and that's all you have to do. And uh, tell your friends about the Laugh Button podcast. Have them download it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Here is our interview with Caleb Sinan. Is it weird if I end it like like on a high note like that? Yes. All right, here's our interview with Caleb Sinan. Is that better? Yes. Caleb Sinan's my guest. Uh, Caleb, good to finally meet you in person. Um, we've been uh, interacting quite a mm-hmm. bit on the um, the internets. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a fascinating thing when you start to build a, a pre-relationship. And yeah, then <laughs> there's a lot of build-up. Uh, you see how good they look in the picture. <laughs> right. You wonder if you could have a podcast with them. And uh, it looks like it's going good. It's going well, man. It's I'm going very well. excited, you know. And uh, something else we have in common, uh, we're both uh, former residents of the state of Georgia. Yes, great state. Paid taxes there, both of us, I'm assuming, or maybe avoided <laughs> them. Very. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I would consider it paying taxes, but I think it mattered very little to them. Yeah. It was one year, I think my taxes were $150. It was That just you owed or they owed you? The, that I owed. Oh, wow. Because okay. uh, they would tax my tips. The only thing that they would, because I don't know why that works that way. It's very awful. Mm-hmm. But they wanted $150 of my Jimmy John's delivery tips. <laughs> and so I, get, I had to give them to them. Did you ask for installments? Like, were you, did you really try to drag them through no, a $10 but, a month installment? But it, it was just, and I'm sure to them, they were just like, ah, oh, geez, like 150 might as well be zero to them. Right. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't even come up on their radar. Uh, but to me, $150 when you work at Jimmy John's is huge. It's like, oh no, rent will be a week late. Right, right. You know, that's, that's technically a brand new bike to get to and from work. Right, right. And, uh, 
Yes. Well, now we're talking about taxes. <laughs> Sissy's talking about Jordan going off on <laughs> the state tax. So funny. All right. Well, you're an L.A. comic now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you chose uh, you chose L.A. and you know there's always the great debate of L.A. New York whatever. Uh, y- you know I I guess it really boils down to just stage time, right? Um, well, uh, from what I've found, there is a big debate. It's been raging since the beginning of stand up mm-hmm. New York and L.A. And uh, I've found comedians aren't happy in either city. <laughs> you talk to the biggest New York advocate, that dude's on antidepressants, and uh, <laughs> and he'll go around, oh, I hate New York. Right. Like, And the same thing in L.A. Everybody's, oh, I had a meeting with this guy, and then I, ah, the didn't, pilot didn't go. And mm-hmm. So uh, you really, uh, New York or L.A., you got to work on yourself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first lesson you learn. Yeah. Right? Right. you got to be happy with you. Because uh, they're both great places. Um, right. LA's been great so far. And uh, I'm sure I could maybe get more stage time. And well, maybe not at this level. Yeah. At this level, I think my amount of stage time is, uh, is would be about the same. Sure. Just because, you know, I'm not at the top of the heap in either city. I wouldn't be. So, but it's, I've getting, I'm, it's going way better than it should be, you know. Okay, why why do you say that? I mean, you're a great comic, so are you? Why are you selling yourself short? Uh, well, it's just I I got pretty lucky with the timing of it. Mm-hmm. I moved to L.A. and then did Montreal and then Conan and stuff. So I had more reasons to more people would give me stage time, right? Right. Than would with the exact same act, but people will if you've done Conan be nicer. Yes, they will. Door, uh, doors will be held open. And part, yeah. there is a part of me that's like, you fake ass. Like, but I do like it. I'm like, thank you for being nice to me. Thank you for putting me on your show. I know you did it because of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you wouldn't have without it. But, you know, that's nice either way. That's that's how I feel about uh, when I have sex with my wife. It's like, <laughs> just because we're married, I know right. you're letting me do this. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, you it's know. hard. People think... People think if you're in a long, if you have live with your girlfriend or you have a wife, that it's just all the time and uh, easy. And right, it's not. Right. It's a person who knows all your moves, and you've got to impress them enough. You got to turn them on daily, which right. is impossible. It's impossible. It's not possible. I don't know why. It's not <laughs> that much easier. Right. Right. Oh man. It's like an opponent. Yeah, you're playing them, you know, three, four times a season. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they, <laughs> they're your. They it's know like, you're gonna press like Georgia and Georgia Tech, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, I know. I've been watching their footage, <laughs> watching their practice footage. I know. I know you're in engineering school. I know. <laughs> I, know I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I know where your specialties lie. And it's just uh, when you're a guy, it's uh, and this is probably ignorant, but uh, I just feel like. Have you heard Joe List's bit about that? It's great. Yeah, yeah. I love Joe List. <laughs> uh, do you think I'm hot? You're the sweetest. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel too. So you have you have quite an interesting background, if it's true. Uh, is your father uh, really a pastor? You you grew he up is in a this pastor, yes. religious environment, which is mm-hmm. which is always leads to stand up comedy. I guess it does. And, I didn't, uh, and no, an atheist lifestyle, right? If if you're a child of the late 80s early 90s mid 90s yeah well uh, i was obviously when you're seven mm-hmm. you're, you're not an atheist <laughs> right <laughs> who would be that bold your dad's a preacher and you're seven like no so yeah obviously for a long time i was just whatever my parents said you know yeah uh it is weird when the person who's like 
look both ways before you cross the street, and also specific Pentecostal doctrine. So, of course, you're not going <laughs> to deny it. He, he told you how to walk and talk. Right. Uh, so it is weird. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I just happen to also believe speaking in tongues, you know. Yeah. So there are, there are parts like that. And so then for a while, I was reading blogs and like, you know what? I am an atheist. And uh, then I was like, ah, never mind. I don't. And so now I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, it's just kind of whatever. Yeah, because then I was like, if you're an atheist, then it starts over again. You got a group of people telling you what to think. Right. I'm like, well, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the same thing. Like, I love stand up, but there are some people who will be like, this is hack. And if you do it, you're awful. And you're like, oh, what is this? Yeah. I thought that's... we did stand up so we didn't have to follow the rules. <laughs> right. It's uh, I wonder if it's too bad religion doesn't work uh, the same way like NCA eligibility works, you know, where if like you, you switch religions, you know, you got to take a year off like you can't play right away. <laughs> you know, you got to you got to yeah. check it out first, you know, and see. Yeah, well, be making moves again. I think Christianity is the only one where you can just start day, start day one. Yeah, you dip around. Uh, yeah. They don't really uh, <laughs> yeah, dip out. But other ones you got to there's a process. You got to know something. Uh, so there's a lot less quality control, right? I think, which is a little irksome because then somebody can just be a youth pastor. You're like, this guy's been a Christian for two days and he's <laughs> telling little kids stuff. It's like, there's no way he knows what he's talking about. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't learn on the job Yeah. when it comes to that. And being a preacher's kid, I know the Bible really well. So mm-hmm. when somebody comes along, some hot shot, I'm right. like, you don't know what you're talking about. Do you know really? Like, do you have a memorized? Like, do you? Oh, not memorized. It must have been but, crammed, a crowbarred in there forever, but right? You if can't you're going to church it. three times a week for 18 years, three times a week, you you go to every one of them because your dad's the preacher. Jesus, and do you so, root for him? Or are you like, yeah, dad, that was a good one today? <laughs> well, like, like you went three for three. It's you know, weird he's, because he's no your dad for the whole morning uh, leading up to church and the whole week. So like. <laughs> On the way to church, he's like, look, if you don't clean your room by Friday, you're not going to hang out with your friends. And then you're upset with him. And then you got to listen to him talk about the Lord. It's like, you sh- it's hard to for those to mix. Right. Because uh, to everybody else, he's, he's you know, enlightened. And, and he is. He knows, he knows. He's very good at preaching. He's a good preacher. But it's weird to, you know... He was yelling at you to get out of the shower earlier or whatever. Like, it's just weird to see that part of your Yeah, that's preacher. weird. That's weird if uh, you're not his son in that case. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's totally fine if you are. Uh, <laughs> right. Even then, it's weird. Hey, get out of the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think, um, you know, it, questions like, like uh, what was it like growing up? It's a, that was your only dad. Like, you know what I mean? It's like asking a, a right, someone whose right. father's famous. It's like, oh, what was it like having a fit? It's like, I don't know. It's my only dad. Like, That's he, what dads are like yeah, to me. Same, yeah, same Preachers. story. Uh, does he appreciate what you do? Does he find the funny in it? Does yes. He, he's he's very cool about it and supportive. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. He, he does wonder why I make fun of him so much. <laughs> You're right. And, uh. And, you know, it's not everything I say about my dad is 100% true. There are a lot of things where I'm like, it's easier for me to say my dad did this than, you know, there's a disparity between the baby boomers and the millennials. And I think it's characterized by several of of members. Like, it's easier to just say my dad. Yeah. I don't have to have this long setup. And it's like. So dad's in quotes. 
It's kind of like encapsulating of a whole situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I just find, you know, brevity is the soul of wit. My dad, it's two words, two syllables, and you already know what I'm talking about. You mm-hmm. already know You can the relate. Setting. You're in the bit. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and maybe that's wrong and technically lying, <laughs> but it works. It works really well, I found. Uh, and... A lot of times it's other people's dads, but why, why Why would you add that many words to a joke? My friend Megan's dad did this from what she tells me. I've never met him, but you know, it's right. so long. Super wordy. Trim yeah. the fat. Trim the fat. Trim um, the truth. <laughs> trim the truth right yeah. out of there. Um, Caleb, but one thing I love about your, your uh, I guess it's safe to say brand, but just your voice in comedy is a very matter of fact. <laughs> like I feel like your presentation is just very matter of fact and you're just kind of presenting it that way it's like well here it is you know and and that's interesting i hadn't thought about it like and and it's a very uh and i saw this last night after you you had to follow seaton smith who's very high energy and Mm -hmm. he's running he's all over the stage and you come up and you're like well this is how i do it and it's a complete shift Mm -hmm. of energy and uh and you know whether audiences respond to it or not doesn't matter but um it's it made it clear to me how distinct it is what you're doing compared mm-hmm. to other comics. Now, has it always been like that for you, or did it take you a handful of years to get to this matter-of-factness, or, or, or did you find comfort in that like right out of the gate? Well, um, yeah, it's a, I think it's a commitment, right, of a yeah. presentation? Uh, well, the there was the first few months I was trying to be a lot of different things mm-hmm. just because I didn't know yet. Uh, you know, the the second show, I remember it very well. I wanted to be Eddie Murphy, which didn't work. It was embarrassing. You didn't I, show up in blackface or anything, no, did you, with a red no. leather jacket? Uh, I was wearing my normal stuff, but I was just, you know, I'd, I'd watched one of his specials, and I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And it's like, uh, it didn't work. <laughs> right, right. I don't know why I thought I should, like, I, I don't know why it didn't occur to me to be funny the way I was with my friends. And I wasn't being Eddie Murphy <laughs> right. with my friends. But, uh... I always grew up, I really liked, uh, you know, the late night guys. And uh, me and my dad would watch, you know, Jay Leno and David Letterman. And they're like, especially David Letterman is very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, that's the kind of thing that, you know, he to me was the whole comedy. It was him and Jerry Seinfeld. Because those are the only ones I saw doing it. Uh, I wasn't allowed to watch Comedy Central. We didn't have it. Yeah, I was going to ask had, you, did, did a co- certain comedy elude you because yeah. of your... Yeah, it's a bummer. We had an antenna. And so uh, Seinfeld reruns and mm-hmm. David Letterman, if my dad would let me stay up and watch it. So that was my seeing a guy telling jokes. Right. And uh, and it, it was and I also was allowed to watch old VHS of old comedy. Oh, nice. Because uh, it was clean, not worldly. Uh, so I could watch as much Bob Hope and Red Skelton and Jack Benny is my heart desired. <laughs> Red Skelton, I love it. No, I've never that name has never com- come up in oh, an interview. Am I the first of in dr- the thousands of interviews, <laughs> and I mean thousands of interviews I've ever done about comedy. Yeah. Red Skelton, this this is the first appearance. Red Skelton hit solid stuff. Good uh, good sketches. The one there's one where uh, I don't even know what the setup was, but they set up his entire room. He was a drunk. And they put his bed on the wall. Right. Like and sideways. Yeah, right? everything sideways. He comes in and like he's freaking out. <laughs> it's such a great... It is a great bit. It's a great bit. It's a great bit. You could put Amy Schumer in that and it'd be great. And it'd be great. For sure. And uh, it's one of my favorite parts is when he, <laughs> the best lines. He's sitting there. He's really drunk. And he's like, 
oh man, I've been so drunk I fell on the floor, but now I'm so drunk I fell on the wall. And I remember being a kid, never been drunk in my life, I'm eight, but I was. that made me laugh. I thought that was great. You got drunk and fell on the wall. It's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, these old VHS tapes, how did you acquire them? Were these uh, were these a grocery store rental? Or uh, were these, your dad had these, like hidden gems? These were what I wanted. Because <laughs> I wanted... I wanted to watch everything. You know, I wanted right. to watch Austin Powers, but there's too many dick jokes in that, so I couldn't. Okay. Um, so whenever we were out or anything, or I would be like, hey, this is only $3 for this Three Stooges uh, tape. Can I have it? And they'd be like, all right, whatever. And all my, <laughs> my other siblings would be asking for, like, cool clothes. Right. And uh, things kids ask for. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. <laughs> old timey comedy not, not silent movies because uh, they can't be dirty my right? mom would even ask me sometimes she's like this is really what you would like and I, I was so bad at football i played rec league football my mom said if you get because i didn't tackle anybody i was so bad yeah, yeah. And she was like if you get one tackle this season if you get <laughs> one tackle i'll get you anything you want whatever you want right i was like 10 and i was like really and she's like yeah whatever you want i'm not even kidding because they're like we're coming to these games right. taking them to practice he has not touched anyone. And uh, so I was like, okay, whatever I want. I want a can of spray cheese. And she was like, <sighs> like, and I could tell they were just like, our kid's so dumb. He, <laughs> he could have got, we, we would have gotten him an Xbox. Because <laughs> I just seen a goofy movie and I was like, man, spray cheese. <laughs> and so that was all I wanted. And so I got oh. one tackle and I got a can of spray cheese. This perspective is so refreshing. Uh, Caleb, I, I gotta say, because you're you're clearly coming from like your destiny was comedy, and nothing was gonna stop you, it, no matter what was sh what you were shielded from, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I have to ask you this question then, and this maybe you can't answer because of your unique situation with comedy. Of all the things you did finally discover, though, on your own, you know, you get old enough, you just like fuck it, I'm watching Austin Powers. Like, yeah. Of all that stuff that you had to go backwards for, that maybe some of your friends experienced, or, or just comedy that pre-existed, yeah, like what really jumps out and 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 holds up, and and you watch it and you were like, oh my god, you know, this this is just as impactful had it had I seen it when it when right. it first came out or whatever. So that's something that I I deal with all the time because yeah. for the whole nineties and. Uh, and how old are you? You're you're twenty four. Okay, so you, God, I'm so fucking so for old. the okay. whole nineties and a good bit most of the two thousands, mm -hmm. uh, I was only allowed certain things, uh, and still, uh, th those are what is recommended. But I started to get to where you know once you can drive and stuff, and I right. got a laptop, I started to be able to see things. Um, so for the nineties, as a kid, I was allowed to listen to music from the sixties because there wasn't sex in it. Right. Uh, so I'm, you know, the Beatles remind me of childhood and, uh, you know, all those Motown songs like that, like nostalgic music for me is not from the 90s. Right. 90s music uh, reminds me of college, which was 20, <laughs> like 2010. Yeah. You know, uh, that but that's when I finally got to listen to all the music my friends were listening to that whole time. And uh, and I got to, I watched Austin Powers in college, and I was like, "This is great! Oh, this is fun!" And uh, that's the way everything was. I, I started. I could watch, you know, South Park. I didn't get to listen to that. I got into Eminem, but not Eminem that was coming out. 
right. I got into like when he was good. Yeah, like Marshall Mathers EP yeah. and stuff, sure. Uh, so I got to be like, man, this guy's very talented. He has a weird thing about gay people, but man, he is very good at the uh, rap. I found that out in college. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's like you were frozen in time for a smidge. And, yeah. And the same things happen that would have happened anyway just like 10 years later. And uh, some of it I'm glad it's because I got to appreciate it more. Right. Um, like that movie American Beauty mm-hmm. uh, came out when I was eight. Obviously, I'm not allowed to, right. to watch it. But uh, I got to watch it as an adult instead of as an eight-year-old. And I probably wouldn't have appreciated it at all as an eight-year-old. So there's some things you just can't get. But I remember loving every time I got to sneak and watch Seinfeld. I I still thought it was funny when I was seven or eight. Yeah. I mean, I remember really loving it. And the first one I ever saw, I still remember, is one where George has sex with the cleaning lady. And it's it's a lot of talk about sex, yeah. which I didn't even know how it worked. But I remember it's funny. I knew, I knew George shouldn't. <laughs> and when his boss says, it's come to my attention. You've had sex with the cleaning lady right. in the office. And he goes, was that wrong? And I remember that made me laugh so hard because I was like, was it wrong? Of course it was. Of course it was. Of course it was, George. (laughs) I'm seven, I can tell you that. So yeah, there's some things that are just funny to, regardless of if you can relate. So so I could see why, and we were talking about this, I guess, off mic, how you've become a student of comedy and you've really wanted to be hyper aware of everything that's happening in the comedy world, both previously but also currently because you're still it's still relatively new it's like you're the america of of comedy <laughs> whereas like everybody else is like yeah dude i'm from Rome, man mm-hmm. uh we, we yeah we see this shit but you're like whoa i you know i need to check this out yeah i, I, get I don't really involved. know about this alt movement or this you know storytelling or whatever you know all these things that have happened in comedy for so long well, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of things. What I started doing uh, when I got an iPhone was I check the comedy podcast charts. Nice. Uh, and see, I just like to see who's, and then if some, I see one that I haven't seen before, I'll mm-hmm. listen to it. Just because, and I don't know how, pe- like I people complain sometimes about all the podcasts, and I'm like, I don't think there's enough. Yeah. I always listen, I listen to at least one podcast a day. Well, because you're absorbing, they're competing. You know, it's yeah. two different viewpoints on that. I don't have yeah. a podcast, yeah. so I'm, I don't, uh, yeah. so I just, just enjoy like, it. whatever, yeah. more episodes, great. Yeah, I love it. I And it's, it's so, there's no CNN for comedy. You can't just turn on the TV and ha- hear people talking about who's getting Montreal, because right. people don't care about it the way they care about sports. Right. Uh, so you have to listen to a podcast to hear that. And but you can, and so I'm. T- I don't know why you wouldn't want to listen to what's going on in your industry, because uh, it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I I wish there was m- more of it. All right, so you move out to L.A. Who do you gravitate towards immediately? Like who who did you start? Maybe re- repeat viewings. Maybe you're doing shows with them multiple times. They become your peers. Who's who's that group for you? Well, yeah. um, a lot of the other new faces from Montreal. Mm-hmm were out there and still are. So I, I started to, you know, reach out to them and see them at shows. And, and there's a reason you're both new faces. You're both around the same level right? Uh, in your careers and stuff. So I started hanging out with a lot of them, uh, Chris Charpentier and Stephen Wilbur and uh, guys like that. Uh, Dave Ross, mm-hmm. I really love. Barbara Gray, uh, Jake Weissman, all those people are, are great. Uh, and then there's people who I think are the best comedians alive, um, like Kyle Kinane and Sean Patton and 
Rory Scovel, who are all there, and you see them all the time. And uh, Bill Burr, I mean, they, like every night you're going to see one of those guys, and you're going to see them working on stuff they thought of that day. And, you know, sometimes they're crushing, sometimes they're just figuring it out. But it's so cool to see all those levels. I see the people with me, you know, people who are just starting, and then, like, the greatest, you know. Which is, so, if you go to the comedy store, it's it's the oldest club, and they still have the same logos. If you yeah. feel like you're going back in time. But you'll see, you know, a lot of the best comedians doing it. Like, that's where, like, Chris Rock and Louis C.K. have just been hanging out there and going up. And you're like, like what is this? So it's cool to just uh, to watch him. And, man, Kyle Kinane, I saw, I saw him he's twice a, in a week. He's a beast. And the first show was the day he got back from the road. His whole 10-minute set was jokes that happened on the road. He's just talking about the tour and it crushing. And then I saw him two days later, another 10-minute set of stuff that he'd written since he got back in L.A. And I was like, you had tw- we have 20 new minutes this week that are better than anything I have? I mean, he's he is just, I don't know how he does it. And uh, it's great to watch. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I, I suck. I'm no good. But that's inspirational to you? No, obviously yeah. not a deterrent. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to quit. I can't be this good. You know, but instead you're like, I need to up it. Well, yeah. Well, well, it, it is inspirational because I go, that's better than me. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, I think I might be able to get there because uh, the only reason he's there is because he's a funny guy and he works harder than anybody. Uh, and if you're a fun, like, <laughs> I, I'm. I feel like my ego is healthy enough that I think I am a funny guy. And you only get better by working, which is available to you. So once I was comfortable enough to say, yeah, I think I'm funny. Because <laughs> some comedians won't say that out loud. Right. I don't even, I don't know why they... So is it reassuring I tell you you're funny? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to... That, yeah, that makes me feel nice. Good. Yeah. I mean, you are. You're funny, man. And you'll get there. It's yeah. just a matter of time, you know? Yeah, I just... I'm very jealous of guys who... Uh, who and like Sean Patton's the same way. I'll see him just the amount of new stuff he generates. Uh, and then he can just do a whole set of just riffing and stuff. And I'm yeah. Like, oh, man, how do I, well, it's just comfort second yeah. nature. You just absorb everything. Now I, I have to ask you this. I did, and I should have done this at the beginning. Uh, for everyone who can't see Caleb right now, um, you are decked out head to toe in Sierra Nevada <laughs> gear right now. So I don't know yeah. if uh, we're going to take a break here. If you want to do a live read, it really but, is uh, head to toe. I'm oh wearing Sierra Nevada socks. What? I didn't even notice the socks. <laughs> These are their Holy Christmas shit. ale socks. This is amazing. <laughs> All right, so you've got the uh, yeah. green-fronted white back trucker hat on, <laughs> uh, the pale ale, uh, mm-hmm. black hoodie here, and I didn't realize it because like, oh, interesting. Lo- oh, it's a Sierra Nevada logo on there as well. And then the socks. What happened? Did socks. you? Uh, is that what you do? Like when you're not doing comedy, you, you are you're in an airport and you're pushing. <laughs> you, you know, you're one of those models that walk around with yeah. the tray, and you're like, hey, buddy. Well. My girlfriend works for the Southern California chapter. Oh, okay. Uh, she does events and stuff. So sometimes sure. we're actually doing the same one in September. I'm doing comedy at a festival, and she's doing the beer. Oh, that's awesome. It. Very cool. Uh, and she plans the events and stuff. And uh, oh. she's So I get a lot of swag. And when I checked into this hotel, I had the hat, the hoodie. My The hoodie was unzipped. I had a Sierra Nevada shirt on. And uh, they were looking at me like I was a raging alcoholic. <laughs> and they were like, do you like beer? <laughs> and, 
And then they, they gave me a big map of Grand Rapids and they just circled some places. They're like, we think you'll like these. Yeah, and here's some local breweries. But sometimes I forget just because, why wouldn't you? Like, I like the swag. I like the way they look. And sure. No, it all looks free, great. So. And that's the thing. But but, but I, it does make me look like When you I'm, look harder at it, you're like, that is 100 <laughs> yes. And there it is again. And Down to the socks. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Why, well, you love a beer so much, you wear their socks. That's funny. All right. Um, oh, yeah. I uh, I ask uh, all the comics, I, and this is kind of putting you on a spot a little bit, but don't worry, it's not a tough question. But uh, I've been asking everyone lately um, to defend a movie. Mm. And so how this works is just there's a movie you love, but everyone else just hates. They hate it, but you love it. Ooh. And I want you to defend it. Um, and I'm curious to see what that is for you, because I don't know still to this day what you've seen and what you haven't seen or what you you. You could have seen, and I had a cousin who had a very similar upbringing. I mean, there, uh, my uncle wasn't a pastor or anything, but but he wasn't allowed to watch anything above a G-rated movie, right, like right. all the way through high school. And then, like, uh, you know, parents made him study the dictionary, and he was on C-SPAN for the spelling bee, and you know, he had a crazy, you know, crazy upbringing. But uh, it it caused him to become like amazing at what he does now. Now he's a professor at the University of Texas, and so he's obviously taken all that and turned it into good. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it was always funny because I'd go over and be like talking about Terminator 2 and he'd just be like, I don't know what that is and start crying because it was like he felt left out. And <laughs> oh, I was no. Like, I'm like, oh, I guess I was the lucky one whose friend had divorced parents and they didn't care what we watched. You know what I mean? Because my parents yeah. wouldn't let me watch this stuff either, but I had an outlet. You know? Right, right. I had a, I had a fix. But, but yeah, Terminator 2 is great. It is great. It's Poor still guy. Great. It's one of my one of my favorites. <laughs> Which which guy? There's a lot of a lot of death in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Uh, I mean, I I def- I play this game on a weekly basis uh, with my girlfriend. Okay. Uh, I have to defend every choice. Uh, <laughs> we will. I because she's very skeptical of anything that I bring to her. I'll if we're looking through Netflix and I'm like, ooh, have you seen this? And she'll be like, mm, I don't, I don't want to see it. And I'm like, it's great. It's she hasn't seen the Shawshank Redemption. Oh wow! And I'm okay. just, I've been selling it to her for about two years, and she's like, I'm just, I don't think I'm in the mood. I'm like, you don't, you don't know if you're in the mood. Right. You haven't seen. I'm, not, I'm telling you, you'll be in the mood. It's a fine film, and she, you know, she's, she's very resistant to watching. Still resistant. One, it's one of the best movies. It is. Ever. It's one of the all-time best. In fact. Uh, this is just kind of embarrassing to say, but uh, back in the high school days when I was in a ska band, uh, <laughs> that, is, that is embarrassing to say. Uh, we were called uh, the Ska Skank Redemption. Oh God! Uh, paying tribute to that said fine. Oh! <laughs> oh. oh wow! Yeah, let's just say that band didn't stick around oh, for too wow. long. Maybe a year. Maybe a year. I'm That's embarrassed to say it went on that long. The only time I've heard somebody say they're embarrassed, mention this, and then you one-upped yourself. Not only was I in a ska band, it had... <laughs> the greatest ska band name of all time. It doesn't get better than the that. ska skank redemption. You couldn't write a... If that was a bit on a show, <laughs> you couldn't have a better joke name for a ska band. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some good ones. Lee Harvey Skoswald was oh, another... Oh, God. It's another good one. Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh wow, that's so funny. So that was that scene. So uh, yeah. good thing you missed out on that. 
but uh, maybe <laughs> I'll I'll play this podcast for my girlfriend, and then she'll definitely yeah, she'll watch it. Now. She'll definitely be that. It's great. Now. There's a lot of dancing, a lot of elbow action. <laughs> um, but I I don't know. So um, so defend a movie. Like, what's a movie that uh, that you you just love it, and everyone else is kind of not on board at all? Do you have one that jumps to mind? A lot. Yeah. A lot. Uh, well, there's different levels. There's which it's really what kind of group you're in. Okay. If you're hanging out with a bunch of idiots. Right. Uh, and you're like, yeah, Transformers is bad. And they're like, what? You know, because they're stupid people. Right. And they think it's a good movie or kids or whatever. Uh, I was a film major in, in college. Oh, nice. And uh, we would always start the the class with uh, what's everybody's favorite movie. And people would always try and have the best, the best. filmiest film <laughs> film. It was always some French oh, yeah. title. Ooh, but I really like Breathless. I love reading subtitles. That's fun. And uh, I couldn't believe I was like, you, I, I know you've seen it. Yeah. You're a filmmaker. I've seen it too. Is it your favorite? You pop it on and watch it. Really? You watch Metropolis. All right. You watch silent films just for fun. You and your friends getting together. I just couldn't. It made me so mad. And so I would not partake. I would say, white men can't jump. <laughs> it's a great movie. And I had to defend it. All right. <laughs> or Groundhog Day. It's my favorite movie. It's not. And it's in English. <laughs> right. And I. And so, so in that setting, I just had to defend <laughs> films that were fun to watch. Right. Because everybody likes, you know, whatever French thing. And, uh, and now it's like, you know, I don't hang out with the film. <laughs> film For good nerds. reason. For good reason. And so I don't have to defend it that way. But like, I really like that movie Serendipity. It's a mushy, gushy romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. But not, it doesn't feel that way to me because they don't. Jack Black at the record store? Uh, that's High Fidelity. Oh, that's Which is also fidelity. great. I love that movie right, as well. Right, I'm mixing it up. So Serendipity... Serendipity is where... Uh, I don't know if I've seen that. John Cusack meets a girl one time. It is Cusack, yeah. And <laughs> she's one of those spontaneous girls who's like, if it's supposed to... What universe? And, uh, <laughs> and so... <laughs> you know, that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, man. Nothing worse than a spontaneous girl. And uh, but he loves her, and it's like love at first sight, and uh, and then she's like, yeah, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, and then she just like goes away, and or, or she's like, oh, let me, uh, they don't say each other's names or something, and she's like, if I'll run into you again tonight, and so they like pick floors on an elevator. It's she's all these games, because okay. she believes in fate and whatever, and it doesn't work out because like some kid gets on the elevator or anyway, it's a big complicated thing. And uh, they never, they don't see each other again for like years, and so it's a romantic comedy. But there's not, they don't interact. They interact in the first scene and and maybe end. never again. Oh, okay. And uh, and I just think it's great. I know it's sentimental and ridiculous and completely impossible, but uh, that's the best romantic movie. Is just John Cusack sitting alone, being neurotic. I like that, and uh, I don't think anyone else likes that movie. My girlfriend didn't when we watched it, but. <laughs> Disappointed in you yet Or that again. movie uh, She slides the abacus over One oh, more yeah. time She's just like <laughs> But uh, You ever seen The Late Shift Yeah. Oh yeah That's great That is That's great I love movie. it Yeah it was a great movie Technically speaking If you're, in com if you're into probably comedy It's probably bad Yeah uh, Yeah I could see why Someone would say it's bad if in, you're Unless you are As big a fan of, of Late night TV as me You're probably not Going to enjoy it Cause they that movie they go to ridiculous lengths to make that guy look like Jay Leno. It's like, right. I'll take your word for it. You don't have to have 
that huge the fake chin, chin they strap yeah, on him. Yeah. It's like, is Jay? Le- I don't even think his chin's that. Bad. And the and the sort of bad impression. He's like, please don't talk like that. Yeah, just be normal, man. I really want to hold the tonight. That sounds bad. That just sounds like a bad sound. Stop! <laughs> stop! That's grating, and it's and just it's just a bad very sound. And they have that old timey score of the movie mm-hmm. where it's like, <laughs> it's like awful electric guitar noodling. Yeah, it's it's like anything that didn't get used as the Saved by the Bell theme. Song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like all the throwaways. Yeah, so it's and then the guy wanting to be David Letterman is like is really David Letterman in it up. Yeah. And it, it but I mean I I like I'm obsessed But you like the with, context yeah. and the story is important so you can see past the sh- yeah. shenanigans. Yeah. But if someone were like if I I wouldn't just put that on and expect every all my friends at a party to be like enjoying it. Oscar worthy. Yes. Yeah. Cuz it's it's something you got to be into. Right. Before you watch it to like. All right, Caleb, uh before we go. And thanks again for the time. Thanks oh, of for thanks for joining me. Um when uh, when was the exact moment you realized you weren't going to be a professional athlete? <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you. Uh, I used to play. I tried basketball. I tried football. I mm-hmm. tried baseball. I mean, it was just not going to happen. Right. And when I was playing Little League baseball, uh, I, the guy threw a pitch. I was terrified. He was a great pitcher. And I was so scared. And I swung the bat. And I swung so early that I was completely finished with my swing. And then the ball hit me in the neck (laughs) while my bat was behind my other shoulder. Uh, So it was a strike because I swung and it hit me in the neck. (laughs) And and so I had to sit there and go like... (laughs) And then I had all the embarrassment of didn't get to go to first. The right. umpire was like, oh, yeah, you kind of already that swung. was a strike. Sorry. Those are the rules. And so then after all that, I ended up striking out. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. So I think that was when I was like basketball <laughs> <laughs> or anything. Else. Yeah. And then basketball didn't work out either. But yeah. that was when I realized it's just not that after that, it was pretty hard to think I was gonna do it but you, even field goal kicker was out but right? yeah i was just like maybe i'm a late bloomer i'll be good at i'll be good at this later but mm, no <laughs> no that's a good answer well congrats on all the success much continued success hopefully i'll see you out well, in la you. when i come out there pretty soon oh, yeah yeah uh, i'm sure you'll be popping up doing sets all over the place maybe hopefully. even to, at the time machine that is the comedy store oh yeah and uh who knows it is a time machine someday people will talk uh, we'll be talking about you uh coming in just hanging out at the comedy store and being like, dude, Caleb, man, can you believe he's just chilling here? He's getting up. He's doing 20 minutes on what happened while he was waiting to go up. Uh, <laughs> pretty amazing. Well, that's and why uh, I do stand-up is for stories that I'll never hear that I want people to tell. It's great. All right, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks, man. Cheers. All right. That was our interview with Caleb Sinan. I want to thank him uh, not only for his time, but the great conversation. Um, I'll take that one to the grave with me. It was just a good Hang made a new friend. The guy's awesome. I uh, I feel big things are coming his way. Big things. He's one of those guys where you meet him and you just know. You just know that this guy is on the right path to success uh, in comedy. Whether he ends up having 10 TV shows or gets on SNL or whatever, uh, I think he's going to be a successful stand-up comedian because he wants it 
and he studies it and he respects it. There and I go, think man. that's pretty awesome. So I can ask for. So, yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this I, that's episode, it, man. man. That's Is it. there I anything mean, else you want to talk about? No, just about, uh, keep reading the site because uh, we're presenting a lot of shows. We're going mm-hmm. to be doing a lot of live events. Just be in the tune with all that kind of stuff uh, this, this entire fall. A lot all of right. really great stuff coming up. Follow us on all the sh- socials, at the laugh button, wherever you can type that in. At I am Klein Schmidt is his. I'm at Mark Says Hi. Uh, buy t-shirts from our merch store. Listen to our other podcast. You listen to this one, why not listen to all the others? We've got boatloads of them for you, 80 plus in yeah, the bag. And, uh, and again, go to laughbutton.com for all the latest in interviews, reviews, stories, features, stuff you didn't know, hidden gems. It's all there for you. Don't even have to excavate it. It's right there for you.